10 to 1, episode 42. Top 10 Financial Pointers. Welcome to 10 to 1, the podcast where we make top 10 lists about everything. I'm Melissa Kozer. And I'm Brian Kozer. And Melissa, do you know what's coming up in just a couple weeks? Or Graduation for all those poor souls that are still stuck in college. Yeah, college graduation. We're not really, uh, we don't really run our lives by the academic calendar anymore. Of course, it's been uh, like six years now. Going well, on. I mean, even after yeah, graduation, we were we were working for our college. Right, yeah. So it was a lot more of an event even then. Yeah, it's been three years now since but, we've been away from that. Yep. So, not as big an event for us, but, of course, really big event for some people. And so... For anybody, I, really, that's graduating. Right, exactly. And so I thought that in honor of college graduation coming up, we could do an episode about some financial pointers and just run through some different uh, pieces of advice uh, financially that I wish I would have had coming out of college that I, you know, pieced together myself throughout the years and uh, definitely not a financial guru. <laughs> and so... No, David, uh, what's his name that wrote that book? Dave Ramsey? Yeah, Dave Ramsey. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, take everything that I'm saying with a grain of salt. Make sure you do your own research. And I'll point to some resources at the end of the episode that I think are good, but even with those, make sure that you do your own research, and uh, you can always contact a financial advisor if you want uh, professional assistance. But just bear in mind that doing the lottery worked for us. Nice. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We've never played the lottery. <laughs> nope. Nope. All right. So are you ready to get started? Yeah. All right. By the way, this is all Brian's uh, list. I'm just going to be commenting one way or another on his. I am not the financial master of our household. That's true. I generally do the budgeting and paying of the bills and such. So He yes. brings home the bacon. I cook the bacon. <laughs> I eat the bacon. <laughs> you sure do. <laughs> all right. So uh, let's go. Uh, we're going to go one through ten on this list. It's okay. just going to make it a little bit easier for me because it's not really a countdown. Um, it's just 10 pieces of advice, so I'm going to break our rules and go 1 through 10. <gasps> so starting with number 1, and that's going to be, of course, because we're Christians, number 1 is going to be honor God with your money first. Okay? And so that's just the first thing you need to keep in mind. Uh, keep in mind uh, that gratitude should be your your mindset for all of your financial dealings. Uh, because uh, we know everything that we have, it's just uh, from God's grace that we're able to have that. You know, and, uh, and that goes for everything, of course, health and possessions and uh, circumstances you were born into. And so uh, that's the first thing to keep in mind. And that will, I think, help as we uh, talk about things you should do with your money, not to uh, get into a mindset where you just need to hoard your money or you need to, you know, spend it all on yourself, or be saving it for the future. Uh, you need to keep in mind that uh, you're a steward of this money, 
and uh, viewer possessions. And so, um, while it's, it is an important thing and an important part of your life, it shouldn't be uh, a driving part of your life or something that, um, you allowed to control you at all. So was this a part, a driving part of your life at one point? Because you said these are things you wish you had really emphasized Uh, in your life. Right. I meant that generally. Okay. Yeah. No, I was, I was taught this growing up. So, um, I'm not going to say which, which of these individually I didn't know. I mean, some of them I did know, but it still would have been helpful to have, I don't know, a, a college course or I don't know, maybe like a Sunday school series or something to go through okay. some of these okay. basics. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, keep in mind Job from the Bible. He lost everything. He, you know, he was very rich. He lost everything. He was very rich again. And he praised God through all of it in all of the circumstances. So we need to have that same mindset. Okay. And, uh, we could have the argument, is it a commandment for a New Testament Christian to tithe? And we're not going to have that commandment, we're not going to have that argument, if that's a commandment or not, on this podcast. Um, but I definitely think it's it's a principle that you definitely should give. Uh, and I think, with as with everything else in the Christian life, if you uh, really love God, if you really understand what he's done for you, uh, you're going to do these things, you are going to uh, be giving uh, monetarily. You are going to be giving of your time, and you are going to tell others about uh, God. And so, I'm not going to tell you you have to give a certain amount, or you have to give to these certain things. I think uh, you need to uh, dig into the Bible, and uh, you need to decide on those things where exactly you're going to spend your money as far as uh, for God's kingdom. Um, but I think it is something that you need to decide as uh, right off the bat, um, right here when you're coming out of college, or if you're listening to this and you're, uh, you know, in your 30s or 40s, 50s, 60s. Uh, I think before you do any other sort of financial planning, uh, the first thing you need to decide is how you're going to honor God with your money, and so decide that you'll at least give something, even if you can't give a lot. Right. So. Um, whether that's a tithe of 10% or whether that's more, uh, whatever you decide, um, I think uh, it's good to uh, give to missions. I think that's a good thing. Uh, I think, uh, you know, giving offerings to uh, different, um, you know, helping uh, different things in your church, your local church, or helping other churches, helping evangelists, right, helping charity. I think those are all good things, and you need to uh, decide what you're going to do uh, to give or not, I guess, in those different situations. And it doesn't have to be, uh, this sort of mystical thing where you, you know, pray really hard and your wife prays hard and you secretly come up with a number and then you yeah. multiply that number by two and then you We've divide it by three. Right. I, I mean, that's fine. If you decide to do that, that's more than fine. But I think it's also fine to decide on a number that you're going to give every month and put yeah. into your budget. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing in the Bible that says you can't. can't I mean, that sounds it. maybe boring, I guess, yeah. or I don't so know, maybe it doesn't sound spiritual, yeah. but that's perfectly fine. Yeah. We have a, an item in our budget for um, offerings we're going to give at church. Right. Or for, um, you know, we have uh, an area in our budget for charity that we're going to give every right. month. 
And so uh, it's not unspiritual to to plan to out where, right, where you're going to spend go. your money. Okay, and that leads into my number two, unless you had anything else to add to no, my number one. I think you pretty much covered it. Okay. Uh, moving into my number two, and that's be generous to others. So the first thing, of course, you're going to put God first. Number two, you need to be uh, generous to others. Uh, you know, for the same reasons we've been talking about. Now, of course, your first priority is to provide for your family. The uh, Bible yes. makes that pretty clear. Yes. So, um, you know, as an extreme, I don't think it would be good to, um, you know, you have your last, uh, you have your last $50 in your pocket and uh, a stranger comes and asks you for $50 and, you know, you have your starving children at home. You know, right. In this extreme situation, I would say it would be better to take that money home and, and feed your family. Right. Um, now, uh, on the opposite extreme, and this is probably where more people are going to to uh, tend to be, is uh, we don't need to, like I was saying, hoard our money. Uh, we don't need to buy everything we want. Uh, you know, we don't need to... Um, you know, buy everything we want for ourselves. And then if we have money left over, we can help uh, the poor, those in need. Right. So I think you need to find uh, for yourself where that balance is going to be. Mm. And um, for us, it's budgeting certain amounts yeah. for certain areas. And It is so, a difficult balance to find. Right. Yeah. But that's why, that's why it's really wise to build a budget and then stick with it. You've got that guideline that... I mean, just having it written down rather than just kind of arbitrary in your mind, it helps you stick with it, stick right. with your plan. Right. Yep. And we're, we're going to talk about budgets in a little bit. Um, and that's definitely a good point. Uh, so, um, and then I would say even um, deciding where you're going to spend your money as far as uh, things like, for example, um, I'm a software developer, so i build uh, software, build websites. And so for me, it's important to give to people that build software that I use. So if there's an app on my phone that someone provides for free, then I uh, would like to make a donation to them and help them out with their work. They've provided a lot of value to me, so I try and give a little bit back to them. Um, and so that's an area in our budget where it's just a small amount every month, and every month I'll pick... Um, a website that I use or an app that I use or something like that, that they provide it for free and I'll make a small donation. Um, and so um, I think I think things like that are good. You don't have to uh, do it for, for apps you use or whatever. Um, but uh, say you're a musician, I think maybe you can... Um, buy the music instead of downloading it legally. Right, right. Things like that. So I think uh, you can definitely um, find ways to use your money to... Um, help others out to support others, um, especially in your milieu, uh, where you are in the world, in your hobbies, in mm -hmm. your interests. I think that's uh, obviously not a requirement for you to, uh, you know, go give a certain amount of money to uh, people or even to, um, say, um, every uh, homeless person that asks you for money or everyone that's having a tough time financially, I don't think you're required to uh, give everybody money that asks you. But I think it's definitely a, a principle we can find in the Bible where um, those those who are poor, those who are in need, 
uh, we should definitely be helping. And so I think you should um, come to some sort of decision on how you're going to do that. Right. Well, and there's verses in Proverbs uh, that I'm going to butcher now, but they're basically to the effect of uh, whoever's generous will themselves be made fat. And that's uh, a way of saying that what goes out comes back in, basically. When you're generous to others, uh, God blesses you. Uh, what you said about uh, not necessarily always giving money, uh, I want to give some concrete examples. Uh, you can be generous without giving money. So right. when we lived in Pensacola, there are a lot of homeless people uh, on the street corners begging. And so, and usually they would, I mean, a lot of them ask for food. Some of them ask for cigarettes or uh, money so they can go buy a beer. But what we would do is we would put, uh, we'd put brown paper bags and put. Usually some soup and a spoon. A granola, yeah, granola a granola bar. bar and a can of soup uh, that would was easy to be opened along with a spoon and a tract. And because what these people really need is food. Yes, they do. They probably do need some money, but at least you know that the food will be put to good use. You don't know where that money's going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and there's been times where we've, um, you know, paid for dinner for someone right, right. who's hungry. Uh, they just came up to us and asked us for And a lot of homeless people that have asked us uh, usually will say, okay, well, can we buy you a meal somewhere? And they'll pick the cheapest thing on the menu. So a lot of, I mean, yes, we all know the stories about homeless people that are people that are pretending to be homeless and they're just scamming everybody. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of really sincerely homeless people out there and, and they're just looking for a meal. Right. Um, and the people that are trying to scam you will generally not want to take your exactly. bag they of want, food and exactly. granola bar. Uh, they're yeah. just uh, looking for money for whatever Exactly. Whatever they're wanting to do. Yeah, so that's something that you can do. Yeah. Uh, also, um, you can offer your time to people. You might say, I, I can't help you financially, but I can help you with some work in some way. I can watch your kids so that you can go out and get a job. Or, or whatever. So, uh, mm -hmm. yes, this is financial advice, but part of finances is you don't always have to spend money where right. everybody's saying you need to spend money. Yep. Uh, that's a big part of, of finances, not spending money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Okay. Well, let's move on to number three then and start getting into some, a little bit more, uh, money talk, I guess. And that is, uh, you should have financial goals. Okay. And, uh, I think you should make goals in, uh, more than just financial areas of your life, but especially for money, I think it helps people. If you have a goal that you're shooting for, it's going to be a lot easier to, um, you know, say you're saving for a vacation. That would be like a short term financial goal. Maybe in two years you want to go on vacation to, England. And so uh, you need this amount of money for the plane ticket and this amount of money when you get there. And so you have a, a number that you're shooting for and you need to put this much aside a month for that uh, vacation to happen. And so it's a lot easier when you have that specific number and that specific goal uh, to not say, well, um, you know, I'm, I just don't feel like um, you know, making sandwiches at home tonight, I want to go out to eat instead. 
if you know in your mind, you're going to have to make a, ch- a decision between, um, you know, going out and uh, getting a meal at a restaurant or saving that money for the vacation that you're looking forward to. It's going to be a little bit easier to um, be financially smart. Right. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, definitely set some goals. You might have some short-term goals like uh, paying off your credit cards or saving for a vacation or saving for some other big purchase like a car or a house or something like that. Um, maybe those are even uh, medium or long-term goals. And uh, I think you should set those. Definitely set some long-term goals. Sit down and decide, um, you know, how long are you planning to work? Are you planning to retire at some point? Are you planning to um, go from full-time work to part-time work? Are you planning to go into business for yourself in 10 years or 20 years? Start your own business? Are you planning to uh, just have enough money saved in case there's a catastrophe um, and that's it. That's your your only goal for the next 40 or 50 years. Uh, are you planning to leave an inheritance for your children? Or are you planning to, uh, if you have children, save for college for them? Or are you planning to, uh, when you by the time you die, have all of your debts paid? You know, there's so many different things that you can set as, as long-term goals. And I think it's good to sort of th- think through these things. And I don't know if it's something we've ever done where we've sat down and, and talked it through, uh, the two of us, um, but it's something I've, I've thought about some myself, and uh, I think it's definitely good to have that conversation. We've definitely set short-term goals and, and medium. Yeah, we've kind of set a goal for, goals. In, uh, for our 10-year anniversary, go back to where <laughs> our honeymoon was. So Right, right, things like that uh, you definitely want to um, start thinking about as soon as possible. Yeah. Uh, not that you have to have your entire life planned out, of course, no. and there's always going to be things come up, coming up that uh, are just, uh, you weren't able to plan for them, and you're going to change your mind on things. Um, you might be at a completely different job in 10 years than what your college degree was in, and you don't have any idea about that now. But it's still good to set goals and to keep track of your progress towards those goals. Okay, anything to add to that one? No, not really. All right. All right, number four, getting even more practical. Number four is pay off your debts. So hopefully if you're just graduating from college, you don't have too much debt, probably some student loans, and that'll be about it. Um, But, of course, farther you go in life, you get into your uh, later 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, there's more of a chance you're going to have debt. You're going to have maybe a car payment, uh, you're going to have a house payment eventually if you buy a house, uh, probably some credit card debt. I don't remember what the average is, but the average American has uh, some thousands of dollars in, in credit card debt. Yeah. And so um, if you are in, uh, in uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this, if you're in a place where your debt is not sustainable, maybe is the best place to say it, uh, then you really need to pay that off. Um, now, obviously, uh, things like uh, you've bought a house and it's a 30-year loan yeah. that you're paying back, uh, you know, that's definitely nice to uh, pay off as soon as possible, but... You got to be realistic, too. That's right. That's going to take time. That's going to be a certain amount each month, and that's that's not really what I'm talking about right here. I'm talking more about um, you've got, uh, you've run up 
credit card debt or you purchases you've made right or you have um, student loans right student loans that are starting to come back and you still owe a good amount on those Uh, you want to pay those off as soon as you possibly can Um, with uh, so uh, you mentioned earlier Dave Ramsey and he has a technique that he uh, suggests where uh, it's called the uh, debt snowball I think is what he calls it and that's where, say you owe multiple things. So you have uh, two different credit cards, and one you owe $1,000 on, one you owe $10,000 on. Uh, with the debt snowball, you should pay off the $1,000 credit card first, and that'll make you feel good. You've got that success under your belt, mm-hmm. and then you can tackle the $10,000 credit card debt. Yeah. And uh, that's fine. You can do it uh, that way. Um, but I would actually suggest paying off the highest interest debt first so if you have uh one uh okay so let's just give an example it'll make it a little bit easier so say you have a credit card that you owe five thousand dollars on and a credit card b you owe six thousand dollars on and credit card a with five thousand dollars it's ten percent interest huge interest and credit card b six thousand dollars twenty percent interest twice as high Okay, so um, if you say you have $200 a month to uh, put towards paying off these credit card uh, bills. So if you pay uh, both A and B at the same same time, you pay $100 to credit card A, $100 to credit card B, you'll never pay off credit card B, ever. Wow. <laughs> um, it just won't happen. And so... Uh, in that situation, you could either do the debt snowball, where you're going to go pay the lowest uh, lowest one off first. So you could go pay off credit card A first, and that'll take you uh, two and a half years. You'll pay $600 in interest, and then switch over to credit card B, and the $6,000 on that credit card becomes $9,500. Wow. <laughs> and um, then it's going to take you eight more years to pay that off. Oh, that's so depressing. $9,500 in interest, so a total of 10 years, $21,000 total. As opposed to if you pay off credit card B first, there's more money on it, so it's going to take more time to pay it off. It's going to be three and a half years to pay it off instead of two and a half years with the first one, but uh, you pay a lot less in interest, um, and uh, it's going to take you only seven years instead of 10 years to pay everything off and it's going to be $14,000 in interest instead of $21,000 in interest. Okay. So you wouldn't think, um, I mean, and that was an extreme example. You're probably not going to have two credit cards like that with with such a big difference. Um, so yes, that was a made up example, but all the same, that's a fair chunk of money that you can be saving. Right. There, that's a, that's definitely a lot. And so I would suggest, uh, you look at your debts, See which have the highest interest. If you only owe uh, your debt in one place, say it's just one credit card, great. I would focus on getting that paid off as soon as possible. And uh, once you've paid off that debt, then uh, try to go into debt as little as possible. Interest is also called annual percentage rate, right? Uh, APR? That's the percentage you're going to pay interest at. Okay. So, so yes, yes, your that APR is how much in interest yeah. you're going to pay. Yeah, that was something I hadn't 
okay. fresh out of college. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of credit cards will say uh, 0% APR for the first for year six or six or months yeah. or something. And then after that, it goes up to, you know, 10% or yeah. whatever. Which is pretty high. Right. So, uh, you definitely, uh, once you've um, gotten rid of your debt, you want to try and maintain that that state of not being in debt. Now, um, we're going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, buying a house and talking about uh, building credit in a little bit. Uh, so, uh, you're not going to be able to eliminate all debt, and you might not even want to eliminate 100% of the debt you have. Uh, but especially for things like credit cards, you want to pay those off at the end of every month. Um, don't, if at all possible, don't carry a balance from month to month. And um, that's going to be uh, some of the, um, maybe not easiest, but some of the best financial advice I think that you could get straight out of college is um, don't carry a balance on your credit card if you can help it. Uh, so it might be unavoidable in some situations, but, um, you know, things like furniture or travel or things like that that are non-essential, uh, definitely don't don't want to do that if you can't afford it. If you can't uh, pay for the whole thing that month, then uh, go ahead and start saving until you can afford it. All right. Did you have anything else to add, Melissa, for paying off debts? I guess one last thing is uh, back when you were growing up and living with your parents, you might have been accustomed to a certain style of living. Right. And uh, once you're on your own and you've got a fair bit of debt, it's pretty scary. But something comforting would be to keep on living at the same style of living that you were with your, when under your parents. Something you need to realize is you can't do that. You may have to cut down to the barest of essentials for several months or even a year or two in order to pay off those debts. And that's okay, because your parents probably did the same thing. Your parents have a really nice style of living now because they've been around for a lot longer. They've had a steady job, steady income. Right. And they've been able to acquire a lot of things over the years. But we all start off pretty... Similarly, uh, I <laughs> right. mean, I'm not all of us, obviously, but right. the vast majority. <laughs> uh, and, and that's the way of it. And it's okay to start off. You don't have much, but you can really make do and be happy with very little. Yep. Yep. And we're actually going to come back to that in a couple points. So okay. I'm ahead of you. You're, you're ahead of the game. All right. So number five, I believe we we're on. And that is build credit. So I'm going to go a little bit uh, backtrack on what I said last time about paying off debts and, and not racking up debts. Um, I'm still going to say that, but to build credit, you're going to need to uh, do things on credit. You're going to need to have some sort of debt and then pay it off to show that you are trustworthy. Uh, so uh, everyone is going to get a credit history uh, when you start, uh, if you get a credit card, um, if you get a, an auto loan, you're going to start building up a credit history. And that's going to be important for um, for housing. Uh, when you buy a house, they're going to look at your credit rating 
uh, for the loan you're going to get. When you rent a house, they're going to look at your credit rating. When you buy a car and you get a loan for that, they're going to want to look at your credit rating to see how good of a loan you're going to get. And the credit rating is just a measure of how trustworthy you are uh, when you borrow money from someone. And so uh, you really want uh, that credit score to be as high as possible. Um, so yeah, for loans, for getting credit cards, you're going to get better deals with um, better credit scores. Even for getting a job, uh, they might look at your credit uh, depending on what kind of job you have. So uh, what exactly is a credit score? How do I uh, get a good credit score? So uh, I'm not going to go into all of the details, but uh, the most important thing uh, with the uh, credit score is your payment history. And that's just your history of paying on time. So again, um, every time that you owe something for a loan or for a credit card, you want to um, make your payments on time. Uh, you can, um, even if you're you know, not paying off the full balance of your credit cards and uh, you're just making the minimum payments, which is a bad idea, like I said before, if you can at all help it. But even if you're doing that, you want to make your payments on time. Uh, you want to make your rent payments on time. You want to make your uh, bill payments on time for utilities, for, uh, you know, internet, water, all your other things. And even if you uh, say you forget and it's the next day and you realize your bill is late, uh, try and see if you can. Um, I, I would call call the person that you um, owe that bill to and explain to them the situation, you know, oh, I forgot. And, you know, I'm, I'm paying that right now. I know it's a day late, but um, can you uh, I even just ask them, can you mark this as, as being paid on time? Or can you have that not, not count against me as being a late payment? Um, it, it definitely doesn't hurt to ask. Okay. Um, other things are going to be like uh, the amounts that you owe. So um, say you have a credit card with a limit of $10,000 and you owe nine thousand dollars on it uh, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna look really bad on your credit score um, but say you have a credit card of ten thousand dollar limit and you only ever keep one thousand dollars on it you never um, never put more than that on it uh, that's gonna look really good on your credit score and so um, you don't want to max out your credit because uh, that looks bad uh, length of credit history, of course, that's just going to be, um, you know, how long you're holding credit cards, how long you've had loans, and that's just going to have to come with time. Types of credit is also going to have to come with time. So, uh, you know, having a mix of auto loan, credit card, different uh, number of credit cards, um, and other types of uh, financial accounts, you can go read all about it. Uh, but that's a smaller item. Um, and then you also get a, a, a small amount taken off. Um, if you um, inquire into loans. So like if I go to the bank and ask about getting a loan for my car, then my credit rating goes down just a little bit. Just so I think it's just to discourage people from, um, you know, asking questions or trying to get loans over and over and over. Or even if you're just asking for informational purposes, um, I think they uh, don't want to encourage that behavior. But that's a very small thing. So the main thing is pay your bills on time and um, don't max out your your credit cards. Were you going to interject something there? I was just going to say, uh, 
if you've got a good credit score, and we we do right now, mm-hmm. um, I get a lot of offers of, hey, you can you you can apply for such and such amount of a loan. I get them pretty often, right. and that is something right. that you need to watch out for. Having <laughs> gotten through the first hurdle of having a good credit score, now you need to keep that credit score and not think, hey, I'm in good standing. Now I've got all these all these loans, these offers that they're making to me. I can go out and live the good life. Right, right. The way to do this is to build slowly. Build your dream house or whatever it is, your dream life, slowly. Right. Yep, okay. Uh, another thing with... The credit score that will help is uh, getting a car loan. So when you buy your first car, it and you definitely want to uh, look into this for yourself, but uh, you, it's probably going to be a good idea for you to get a loan for that first uh, car. Not um, just do cash, all, cash only. Right, and that's hard to say because if you can, you know, just pay it with cash, you're you are going to save a lot of money, and that might be better for you right now. Um, so that is something to consider, but um, if you can't pay it with cash, or even if you can, you definitely should consider getting a loan, uh, and the reason for that is that's going to look really, really good for your credit score, that you got a loan, that you kept it for, I think they say at least two, two years, years, that you pay it off every month, and then you pay off the entire car loan. Um, that's That was what really boosted- It definitely helped to jumpstart us. Our, uh, yeah. My credit score. Um, for sure. So, um, consider that when you're, when you're looking to build credit. The other thing I was going to say earlier too is, uh, now that we have a good credit score, a lot of credit companies are offering us credit cards. Right. And so not just one company saying, Hey, I'll give you all these loans, but now multiple companies are saying, Hey, take our credit card and you can have all this extra money. Right. Uh, and that's that's a lie. So <laughs> you just need to get the uh, what you know two or three at the most credit cards that you will use, and then ignore the rest. And are you going to get into uh, what kinds of different cards we use? And um, no, I'm not going to get into specifics. Okay. Uh, that's definitely something that you'll need to research because it's going to be a little bit personalized. Okay. Um, I would definitely say yes. Use credit cards. Um, use them in the, in the way I was talking about earlier, where you, uh, put the money on it and then pay it off at the end of the month. So don't use it to borrow money. Right. Well, in the, several of the cards that we have though, uh, we got them because over time, as you keep on paying your debts on time and so forth, you build up, you get free money, actually. Credits, as it were. Uh, what? Well, aren't, isn't that your reward points? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I was about to get into. So, um, of the reasons that you want to use credit cards. So, right. uh, the reasons are, yes, for one thing, every card these days is going to offer reward points. So, the standard is you'll get 1% back of everything you spend, and then usually you'll get some other percent back of some other different categories, depending on what kind of card you have. So, you might get... Uh, you know, 3% back for gas stations or something like that with your credit card. And so take advantage of that because uh, if you pay off your credit card at the end of every month and you never pay any extra, then like you were saying, that's free money that they're giving you. 
in those credit card rewards, and that can really add up. Even if it's just 1%, um, that can really add up over the year if you're putting all uh, most of your expenses onto a credit card. Uh, the other good thing about credit cards is you can track all of your purchases that way. So we're going to talk about budgeting in a little bit, and that will really help with a budget. If you're uh, doing it electronically, you can then go on to your credit card's website and see all of your transactions. And then a third reason for using a credit card is for security. So um, if you have a checking account, you're probably going to have a debit card. And a lot of people like to use debit cards, uh, which is fine. Um, but uh, for two reasons, I would suggest using credit cards instead of debit cards. Uh, the first one is what we just mentioned about reward points. And um, if you're disciplined and you don't carry a balance on your credit cards, then uh, that's money that you're getting back from the credit card companies with those reward points. And the second thing is um, credit card is going to be safer to use. It's going to be more secure than a debit card. If someone steals the number for your credit card and uh, charges $100 in Cleveland for pizza like they did for our credit card <laughs> a month or so ago, mm -hmm. then um, your credit card company is probably going to give you a call and say, this is a charge far away from where, where you should be, where you right, where you are. are, and where it, all of your previous charges were. And was so, this you? Right, exactly. Was this you? And when I say, no, that was not me, then they'll say, okay, we're going to take that charge off. You're not going to have to pay that $100 for pizza in Cleveland. But if it's from your debit card. If it's from your debit card. That money's lost. Right. Now, it is going to depend on your bank. Uh, your bank probably does have some sort of safeguards um, right some sort of safeguard some sort of uh way for you to get your money back fraudulently um but i would it's not rely on that yeah because right people are when they're using a debt when they steal your debit card information and use that they're using your money directly when they steal your credit card number they're spending the credit card company's money and then um the credit card company will talk to you and uh, figure it out to where you won't have to uh, pay them back, basically. And that, that uh, charge should get uh, canceled. Okay, so does that make sense for, for credit cards? Do you think we yeah, I think you covered that pretty well? Pretty well. Okay, uh, so that was for uh, building a credit history. You, you do want to build your credit. That's going to be important. Uh, and the best way to do that is uh, using credit cards responsibly and... Um, a car loan is really going to be a, a big boost for you if you uh, for when you buy your first car. Okay, uh, moving on to number six, and we finally got to budgeting. So everybody should have a budget, and that can look like a bunch of different things. So I encourage you go read up on different styles of budgets, find out uh, what works for you. So there's things from uh, the envelope system where um, if you find yourself uh, really overspending and uh, maybe in certain categories, certain areas, you you just overspend. You have a really tough time and it's a real problem for you. Uh, you can do the envelope system, which is where uh, you get actually get cash out uh, and put it into envelopes and mark those envelopes for each section of your budget. Uh, so you have an envelope that says restaurants and you put... $10 in there for the month, 
or whatever you have budgeted for the restaurant for restaurants for the month. We budget more than ten dollars. Um, but then when you have that ten dollars in your uh, restaurant envelope, now you have to go and get it out when you go to the restaurant. And when that money's not in the envelope anymore, you can see you're not allowed to go to restaurants anymore that month until you refill it at the end. Um, so that really works for some people. Uh, and uh, I've never done that. And I prefer using credit cards for everything. But uh, you know yourself. And maybe that is going to be a good system for you. Something nice and tan. Right. Um, I would say... However you decide to budget, um, the first step is going to be um, tracking how much you spend. Uh, so you're probably not going to know how much to set all the different categories at. How much should you spend on your groceries every month? How much should you spend on uh, you know, the uh, home essentials like toilet paper and uh, other things for your home? How much are you going to need to spend on your power bill every month? You're probably not going to know these things right off the bat unless you, um, you know, are like us. You've been living life for a bit. You might have a better idea. Um, but if you've never had a budget, you might really not know how much you're spending in these different categories. So the best thing to do to start off is track how much you're spending in those different categories. And you can do that manually. Uh, you can do that through uh, some sort of budgeting a website. Uh, there's mint.com. Uh, you can sign up for that and it'll hook into your credit cards and your bank uh, checking account and track how much you're spending electronically. And that can kind of help you see what you're doing in different categories. Um, uh, I like to budget with a spreadsheet. I have a um, Google spreadsheet that I've sort of tweaked over the years and uh, that really works for me. Um, if you're if you're interested, I can uh, make a copy of that, and you can take a look at that, and uh, just kind of see how we set up um, our budget in a spreadsheet, and uh, that might work for some people. Um, but the um, the main thing, however you decide to do it, is to uh, start by tracking how much you spend. Then once you've seen that, uh, set some goals. So maybe you've been spending. $500 a month on restaurants and that's just too much and you're you know spending more every month than you're earning and so you decide okay I need to go to restaurants less so this month we're going to spend $400 at restaurants and maybe in six months uh, my goal is to be spending $200 a month at restaurants or, or whatever whatever it is that you're uh, you've decided that you can afford $100, $50 a month on restaurants. Uh, and so, um, you know, start by tracking what you're spending, then start setting goals for where you want to be. And obviously the goal with the budget is to uh, be spending less than your income. Obviously you can't spend more than your income without going into debt, which we already talked about avoiding. And uh, even just spending the exact amount that you're coming in that's going to mean you're going to have no savings, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. So uh, really your goal is eventually be bringing more money in than you're spending. And when you start budgeting and you start tracking different categories, you'll be able to see uh, where are you spending too much um, and where can you start making cutbacks to 
uh, start saving money. All right, anything to add for budgeting, Melissa? Boy, no, this is, I mean, it's all really solid, and, and that's why I let you do all the budgeting, because <laughs> you're just so good at it. <laughs> well, thanks. Uh, yeah, we, I'm really good at tracking how much we spend. And I'm really good at spending it. Right. Well, that's not what I was going to say. I was going to say, I'm not always good at staying in my categories each month, um, but... Uh... What categories would those be, Brian? <laughs> uh Usually, we haven't hit our goals for restaurants. Usually, we've spent more. That's right. that's kind of why that was popping into my head. Uh, well, that's not the one that was popping into games. my head. Yeah, there we've we go. Spent more than we've budgeted for. Uh, we're doing okay on that right now. We're actually. working on our addiction. We're doing all right on board games. We're trying this year. Anyway, uh, so we did find a loophole in our resolution, though. Well, it was a gift. <laughs> So it doesn't count as part of the budget if it's a gift. That's not that's not even cheating. That's not even trickery. That's just a rule. It's just being generous. Right. Uh, and yeah, and I would say, um, uh, yeah, definitely you need to figure out how you're going to do your budget. And um, if you want specifics, uh, feel free to ask me. But, um, you know, that's going to be up to you how you want to budget. If you want to go really specific, if you want to go really general. Um, but one thing I would say is, uh, even if it's a small amount, have some some money in there where it's uh, just sort of uh, fun things to do or uh, just sort of fun money to spend. And if you have that in there every month, even if it's a small amount, uh, that's going to um, act as a sort of release valve to where, uh, you know, it's going to help you stick by your budget in other areas if you know, okay, well, I do have this amount of money that I can spend on something fun. You know, even if it's just a few dollars a month so that you can go get ice cream right every couple weeks or something sometimes you want just to break the break from habit break from budget a little bit right right and so yeah even for things like us when we're buying um birthday gifts for each other we'll have that be outside of the budget right and um what about pregnancy cravings that's in the budget boo yeah <laughs> so watch those you watch those humph Okay, so uh, that was budgeting. I think that was number six. Uh, so moving on to number seven, and that is you want to build an emergency fund. So uh, you've paid off your debts, you've started budgeting, you've started tracking your money, and uh, you've got to the point where you're spending less than uh, your income. That's great. Uh, so your next step, what you want to do is to build an emergency fund. And what that is for is for all those unexpected things that could come up um, basically, uh, you know, your, uh, car breaks down and it's going to cost, you know, $2,000 to fix it, or, uh, you lose your job and now you don't have an income for a month or two while you're looking for a new job. Uh, so it's for these big things generally. Um, but obviously you can, you can dip into this for other needs. Um, but yeah, mainly for big things like you lose your job and, uh, how much should you save here for this? I've seen different numbers. Usually I've seen uh, three to six months expenses. Uh, not three to six months income, but uh, your bare minimum expenses. So if you cut out um, all the non-essentials, cut out restaurants, cut out, you know, uh, like for us, cut out board games, cut out any sort of uh, extra fun things like that. This is you've lost your job. And you're just doing the bare essentials, you're paying your bills, and you're keeping the lights on, and 
um, you know, buying the minimum food. You want about three to six months of doing that, um, of money to be able to, to do that while you look for another job. And I mean, again, you need to look into this for yourself because it's going to depend on, you know, how secure your job is, how easily you could find another job. And, um, you know, with uh, your expenses are going to keep going up over time. And of course, inflation is going to happen. Uh, so money's going to be worth less over time. So you'll need to periodically, you know, look again and research, okay, how much money would I need to survive uh, for a certain amount of months if I didn't have a job or, um, you know, how much money, maybe if my car broke down and um, I'm just, I don't have any, uh, anything extra, I need to just pay for this right now. Uh, look into how much you're going to need for an emergency fund and then uh, start putting your savings towards that emergency fund. All right. On to number seven. Or sorry, no. On to number eight. And that is be frugal. So uh, this is back into general principle territory. But I think it's probably good practice for everybody to be frugal, not to overspend like we were talking about. Um, and there's some uh, really easy ways to do that. Uh, one thing is uh, buy generic or buy store brand. Uh, for most things, you're not going to notice a difference. So, for example, Tylenol. Don't buy Tylenol. Buy your store brand acetaminophen. I think Tylenol is acetaminophen, right? Yeah, they're pretty similar. Yeah, I think it's the same exact thing. Um, Advil is, what's the other one? Ibuprofen. Advil, Motrin, and Ibuprofen, they're... I'm not sure what the difference. Yeah, I was forget I think which Motrin ones. Which. and ibuprofen are pretty. Okay, well, some of them are exactly the same. Like, yeah. um, like Advil and Tylenol are just brand names, but you can buy the generic brand at the store, and it's the exact same thing. Exact same thing. No but difference at all. A lot cheaper, several dollars. Except cheaper. cheaper, exactly. Uh, a lot of foodstuffs. Go ahead and at least try the store brand. Maybe you're not going to like it as much, and maybe you decide, yes, I do want to pay an extra dollar for ketchup, but yeah. at least give it a try. Uh, yeah. you, you might be surprised. You might not need to buy that uh, expensive food brand that you always bought growing up. You right. might like the store brand just as much. There's been some that we've done that and then others that we've... we've right, exactly. You know, you pick your battles. Right. Uh, so, yeah. I will say, okay. don't buy store brand Welch's... Gra don't buy store brand grape juice. Well, Buy Welch's true. grape juice. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, look for generic store brands. Uh, look for replacements for things instead of maybe food wise i'd say that really expensive one-time use item that you won't use very often if, especially if it's a condiment it may be a, a more asian style condiment or something that you're not going to use or flavoring uh right. look for something that you can substitute for it that you use a lot more often yeah that's a good example very good example um, borrow things instead of buy things if you're not going to use them to go with that. Uh, so, ex for example, uh, we were talking about buying a drill the other day, and you know, thinking about it, we've only used a drill maybe twice since we've times. been married, yeah. three times since we've been married. So I don't know that it really makes sense, even though we could afford it to buy a drill, but it would be smarter for us financially to, you know, see if we can if we have friends that have a drill, can we borrow their drill? Can we maybe bake them a tray of cookies and, uh, you know, trade a plate of cookies drill, yeah. in return for a few days worth of a drill. Um, 
yeah so look for ways to do that uh buy used whenever possible so yeah. uh with our phones uh we always buy used phones instead of buying buying them brand new or uh, uh what's it called uh i would say re- refurbished refurbished yeah. electronics furniture as well right if furniture possible. yeah i don't know that i buy a used couch but <laughs> don't buy a used mattress i'll say that <laughs> right or a used mattress but just about everything else uh you know check craigslist check uh your thrift stores uh that kind of uh, uh store that's gonna refinish furniture and sell it is where we picked up some habitat of our habitat for humanity is where we right, got that's a where, really nice that's table one where we got a table and dining chairs right things like that uh look for used because you know especially when you're starting off you don't need brand new uh, furniture, you don't need a brand new car, you know, you should be able to get something that's nice and serviceable uh, for a whole lot less if you buy used for, for just about everything. Plus, if you're going to get married and have kids here pretty early on, you probably don't want one of those brand new things anyway, because <laughs> before too much longer, it's not going to be brand new. Right. Yep. Uh, let's see. Um try to curb impulse spending in whatever way that you need to. So if you are a person that just likes to buy things on impulse online, then I would say uh, don't save your credit card information on that website and uh, just make it a little bit harder for you to, to buy something. If you can't buy something in one click and you actually have to uh, think about it a little bit more when you uh, want to buy that thing that you see online. Um, some people go to the extremes of putting their um, credit card in a bowl of water <laughs> and then freezing it in their freezer so that if they want to use their credit card, wow. they have to wait for it to thaw. That's interesting. For you know a few hours, however long that takes. Well, or if you run it, even running it under water, that's going to be at least like five minutes or something while it, it thaws. It's going to be a pretty big water. block of ice if it's in a bowl. So Yeah. It's going to take you a little bit. It's going to be enough time for you to stop and think about exactly. it. Exactly. That's pretty extreme, but... yeah. Um, I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's what if you need to do. that's what you need. Right. Well, the other thing too is, uh, it's easy to walk into a store and for instance, see that M&M candies are buy one, get one free. Right, right. And, uh, I succumbed to this. Uh, I bought the can- M&M candies, uh, because they were BOGO, but you can sit back and really think, okay. Am I buying these just because they're on sale or because I will really need these, really use these, maybe in some treat that I'm going to make? Mm-hmm. Do I just really not need the extra calories? Right. I right. don't and I don't I don't buy everything bogo anymore like I used to. Buy one get one. Right. Exactly. Right. I certainly don't buy your Cheez-Its like like I used to. That's pretty sad. And you're healthier for it. <laughs> yeah, but that, no, that's definitely a good principle as well. You know, not buying things you don't need. Just because it's, it's, it's obvious, on sale. But, yeah. Uh, right. I mean, we don't always do that. Well, it's easy to so. think, well, I've been wanting this, but do I need it? Right. Right. And if you're, uh, especially if you're, um, you know, just making a buy financially, then those are exactly the kinds of things that uh, you need to take a really hard, hard look at. Um, you know, still... Uh, trading time for money. So uh, throughout your life, you're going to have to make decisions over and over again, time versus money. So, uh, you know, for travel, for example, you could walk from 
New York to California. And, you know, you're not going to have to spend anything to walk there, except, of course, you're going to spend more on food in such a long way. But, you know, that's going to be cheaper than having a car and driving because you're going to have to pay car maintenance, you have to pay for gas. And driving a car might be cheaper than flying all the way because you're going to have to pay a plane ticket. And so is it more important for you to save money? Maybe you'll drive on your vacation instead of fly. Or maybe time is more important for you in this case, and you're going to fly so you have as much time as possible. And so you're going to have to make these decisions all throughout your life. But I'd say especially if you're looking to save money, if you're uh, trying to um, you know, build up a solid financial foundation, especially for you folks starting off um, early in your lives, I would say uh, look for ways to trade time for money. So, I mean, that's things like you know, washing your car yourself, if you can wash your car instead of taking it to a car wash. Um, sewing that hole in your clothes, even right. if you have, like, no sewing skills like I do, or sewing a button back on. That's that's simple enough to where pretty much anybody can do that. Right, yeah, exactly. Make that clo- clothing last a little bit longer, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so anything that you can do like that, where you would pay mo- someone money to do something... Um, maybe there's a way that you can do it yourself. Maybe you can find a tutorial on YouTube. You can for find how just to... about anything online. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, consider ways that you can trade time for money. And that can be a way for you to save money. Um, you know, that goes with uh, couponing. So it takes a whole lot of time to coupon, a lot of work. But if you want to save on your grocery bills, you can spend that time and save some money. And I know some people really, really into couponing. Um, because they've decided that it's worth for them to spend those certain number of hours instead of um, spending the money that they would otherwise be spending on groceries. Well, another thing, too, though, is spend the time to know where the lowest prices are um, around the grocery stores. So, for example, I am not a couponer. I don't have the patience for it, the head for it. But I did look around, and I found a produce market when we lived in Pensacola, and you can get your produce a lot cheaper, way cheaper than at grocery store stores, mm. and fresher, too. And so uh, I got all almost all of our produce there, except a few maybe more specialty items that uh, only at certain grocery stores would carry. Uh, then for seafood, uh, Pensacola is near the bay, and so... I found a seafood market where I could find some of the better seafood at a much better rate than you could find in store. (laughs) Right. And then same with you might do all of your shopping at Walmart, but go to Publix so that you can get those buy one, get one free deals. Mm -hmm. So things like that, shop around and know where the deals are. Yeah, definitely. Spend that time. Very good. Yeah, and I mean, you can go through each area of your budget and, um, you know, think, okay, are there ways that I can cut down here? So maybe you're spending too much on gas every month, and so maybe you can uh, walk or bike more often. Uh, Maybe you live close enough to the grocery store that you can um, bike over there and, uh, you know, carry back your groceries in a basket. Or um, I would also say... 
Maybe you're spending too much money on groceries because you're not eating your food fast enough and it's spoiling. Right. So part of that is be, and this is something I've really, really been working on, is really be aware of what is in your fridge. How long has it been there? If you need to label when you open something and then write reminders that this needs to be used within three days after opening or something. Write it where write those reminders where you will see them. And eat your leftover food within a week after making it, after cooking it. Yep. And and as but and keep track of your produce. Make sure it's not going bad. The less that you have to throw away because it went bad in your fridge, that's money saved. Right. Yeah. And then just to reiterate what you were saying earlier, you don't need to own everything right out of college just because your parents have, you know, a nice natu- nice matching bedroom furniture set and two brand new cars and a house with a backyard and a garage uh, doesn't mean you need to have all those things right now um, for the same reasons Melissa was saying earlier. That's something you can build up to. Well, and if you really, really are wanting your house to look a lot nicer, like your parents looks really nice, uh, there's a lot of things that you can do yourself just by reading tutorials if you're really wanting to decorate your house really nicely. You can do it for pretty cheap if you'll take the time to try. Right. Yep. Very good. All right. A couple more points to hit, and these should be pretty short, and we'll be done. Number nine is safe for retirement. So I think everybody should save for retirement, even if you're not planning to retire, even if you're just planning to go down to part-time work or you're planning on just working for your entire life. Maybe you have the kind of job where uh, that's more common and that's fine. Uh, You don't, not everybody has to retire. I think it's probably going to be less and less common for our generation to retire just uh, with the way that uh, jobs work nowadays and uh, with the way, uh, you know, um, retirement and pensions and Social Security are set up nowadays as opposed to uh, for parents or grandparents. And so uh, probably most of us won't retire. And that's fine. Um, but I think you should still save for, um, we'll say save for old age uh, so that you have the option uh, to uh, decrease work. Say you have um, health problems or, um, you know, just... Um, as you get older, you want to spend more time with your family or something, and you want to go down to part-time work. If you start saving now, then you can give yourself that option in the future. So, Yeah, don't count on Social Security to be there for you. Right. Yeah, don't count on Social Security. Um, I would uh, definitely look into uh, different options for saving for retirement. So uh, your job might offer some sort of 401k program and um, that's probably going to be a good option for you to take advantage of especially if they do matching so a lot of companies will say uh, if you contribute say two percent of your salary to uh, this retirement account then uh, we'll also contribute we'll match that amount of money and we'll put it in there for you as well And, you know, that's a great deal, right? You're doubling your money by doing that. So definitely take advantage of those deals and then um, do some research, look into uh, 401ks, look into IRAs, Roth IRAs, the advantages of those. Um, When you put money into those things, 
into those retirement accounts, uh, there's going to be different tax benefits. So that's going to be the reason that you're going to want to do that instead of, um, you know, just uh, taking that money and investing it by yourself. Uh, there's going to be um, tax benefits for those. And then also when you put them into those accounts, it's going to be invested. So it's going to be put into the stock market. Um, it's going to be put into different companies, corporations, and that money will grow over time. And so um, as you save small amounts now, those amounts will be much larger um, by the time you get um, into retirement age. So, um, yeah, we've already been going for a while, so I don't really want to get too in-depth into how um, retirement accounts work, but um, I would say uh, my advice would be look into index funds. Index funds are where uh, you will buy stocks in a bunch of different companies. Uh, it'll be probably hundreds of different companies in the stock market, and they should be uh, low fees that way because you're just buying uh, certain stocks, uh, like a predetermined number of stocks. You're not, you're not trying to buy low and sell high. You're not trying to do day trading where you're making trades during the day. Um, definitely, do, like I've been saying, don't just take my word for it. Do some research. But for most people, it's going to be better for you uh, to put it into a um, passive investment account where uh, you put the money in, you leave it in there for you know, 30, 40 years and uh, just have it um, be invested into stocks and bonds. If you want to know more information, um, let me know and I, I can talk to you more about it and um, maybe recommend some uh, articles or some books for you to go read. Uh, people give different pieces of advice. People will say, just buy stocks on your own, buy, pick 20 stocks, pick five stocks, um, do mutual funds, do index funds. People will give a lot of different things for advice, and you need to do some research on that. But um, if you want some help on that, I can, I can give you some pointers with my limited information, not being a financial guru at all. And um, I would definitely recommend saving some. Um, even if it's just a little bit, putting some away. Uh, the sooner you start saving, uh, the bigger that uh, that money is going to, uh, or the, the larger it's going to grow to. So um, I'll just give a quick example and we'll move on and we'll wrap this up. Uh, so say, for example, uh, you put $10,000 into a 401k uh, retirement account at age 25. Okay, so $10,000, age 25, leave it in there for 40 years, you take it out when you're 65. Okay, and uh, just assume 8% average uh, that it grows at. Your $10,000 will be $217,000 by the time you retire, which is probably not enough for you to retire on by itself, but you know you can see how, f the, the point is how fast, or not how fast, but how much that grew from 10000 to 200,000 uh, just in those 40 years, not even putting anything else in as you go. Um, and say, even if you were able to go from 10,000, say you're able to put 15,000 in at age 25, which by the way, I'm not expecting anybody to be able to do. I definitely didn't have that much saved on um, that, but this is just an example. So 15,000 at age 25, uh, it goes from 
you know, over 200,000, this goes up to 320,000. So you can see how much time is going to affect your investments. Um, so that's if you start saving at 25. Say if you start saving at 35 and you put 10,000 in, instead of it being 217,000, it's just going to be 100,000. Wow. That same amount of money, just with that 10 extra years. It's a crazy amount less. Right, it's less than half as much. If you put it in when you're 40, and... You're toast. Right, it's going to be 68,000. So the sooner you start saving, the better. Do some research to decide how much every month you should set aside, and start putting that into some sort of retirement savings account. And again, um, do some research on that, and... You can always ask me if, you, if you'd like some advice. All right, let's finish this out with number 10, and that's uh, I would caution you to be careful when buying a house. So that's going to be a goal for a lot of people to own their own house. A lot of people see it as you're just throwing away money when you're renting, and uh, they'll say it's better to buy a house because then you're you know, getting something for your money that you're spending. And that's fine. You can definitely buy a house. I'm not going to tell you not to buy a house, but definitely uh, be very careful. I would do some research. And you want to be sure this is where you are ready to plant roots. And that right. you will be staying at this job in this city for a very long time to come. Right, in that location at least. Um, yeah, if you're planning on buying a house and then 10 years later possibly moving or you know less than that even i i would strongly caution you to really think about that because um, houses are terrible investments uh, don't don't buy a house as an investment um you know your house you, you're not guaranteed that your house price is going to go up or even stay where it is you could buy your house at a certain amount now and it could go down by the time you want to sell it, uh, the housing market might not be doing well. Uh, you know, you might have a hard time finding a buyer uh, just because nobody's looking for a house at that point in that location. Um, you might have some situation where you uh, you want to sell your house quickly, and so you have to sell it for less because you're trying to do it more quickly. There's just a lot of things... Uh, that would, I would say, make a house a bad investment. So don't just say, well, I don't want to, um, I don't want to rent because I'm losing money. I'm going to go get this 30 year loan for a house and start paying it off. Uh, you're probably going to want to wait until, like Melissa said, you're, you're pretty sure you're going to stay in that location for a while and you're not trying to buy a house so that you can make money. Um, you know, unless you're, I suppose, buying a, a house that's been foreclosed for a really small amount and then fixing it up and then uh, to increase the value and then selling it. I know people have done that and, and that probably is a, a more of an investment and that's fun, I think, to do. But just for your regular person, just buying a house with the intent of only being there for a few years and then planning to sell it and you're just expecting that you'll be able to get back all the money that you spent. Um, 
or even make money, that's that's risky. And I would just caution you with such a large uh, amount of money as this is, this is going to be the most money you're ever going to spend on one thing in your life. So just be really careful that you're doing it at the right time in the right place. And uh, the, that's something you really want to do. You really want to sink that much money into one thing like that. Yes, and now for my two cents on this, it's time for horror stories with Melissa. So I worked in the records office uh, at our college after we graduated, and so I saw all sorts of documents from prospective students. One of them was a letter from this family. They wanted to send their child to the college, but they were in terrible financial straits, and they they were wondering how they would be able to do this. Uh, And they went into this lengthy explanation of how they had bought this house, they had gotten a second opinion, well, they had bought the house and then they had it surveyed by a guy that the, the previous homeowner had recommended. And the surveyor looked it over and said, the inspector said, yeah, it looks great. And uh, uh, you're getting a, a, a great deal here. So they bought the house and month or two in, everything started to fall apart. They had to completely replace the porch. They had to completely replace the roof, the electrical wiring, the sewage in uh, hmm. a sewage tank uh, erupted. And so they had to get that fixed, and then all of the dirt in their backyard completely replaced because, you know, right now it was absolutely garbage with all that sewage in there. Right. They basically ended up having to practically rebuild the house because it was a scam by these two guys. Mm. So what, and they did some more investigating, turned out, these pe- these guys had been leading a trail of broken hearts along, uh, across the states, and there were people trying to get their hands on them. But they were really good at what they were doing, and they had it all nice and legal and proper. And so there wasn't much that these families could do, except try and stay afloat. And while they've bought this house now, and they're paying, r- making payments for it, and so they might as well try and make it work. So. Here is my advice. When you decide, yes, we're going to put down roots, we want to stay in this city, and you find a house that you think looks great, get a second and maybe a third opinion. You want (laughs) not just the inspector that the previous homeowner recommends. You want an inspector that you can trust and somebody who who is not affiliated with this you might want to get somebody that is not wh- not wh- who the person recommended. Maybe they're a good, honest homeowner, and they're you know they really know this good inspector who was really honest and trustworthy. And maybe they aren't. <laughs> I'm just saying, it was a really scary letter to read, and it has really made me mindful of our future when we buy a house that I want to get a second opinion because they got another uh, uh, inspector to come by and give an appraisal. And he said, boy, this house is crap. Hmm. This whole place is falling apart. And I'm really sorry that I have to tell you this. Mm -hmm. 
And he said the best parts of the house were the parts that they'd already fixed. But even the foundation of the house mm. was bad and was shifting some. Hmm. I mean, there was just the whole thing was <laughs> utter ruin. Right. So get that second, maybe even a third opinion. It will cost a little more money. But in the end, it just might save you a whole ton of money. <laughs> wow. That's pretty terrible. Yeah. All right. So that's it. Uh, I mean, there's there's so many things that we didn't get into. Like we didn't talk about insurance, things like that. Uh, and, you know, we could have gone into a lot more specifics on some of those things. But I think the main thing is uh, here's some areas to be aware of. Uh, go and uh, do some research because a lot of it's going to depend on your own personal situation. And then again, I'm not any sort of financial planner. I'm just a regular guy who's done some research on his own. And so uh, don't take what I'm saying as the absolute gospel truth. Go ahead and uh, find out what's going to be best for your situation. And um, I would suggest uh, just doing some Google searching online and you can find some different good information. One website that I've I looked at a lot is fool.com. It's the Motley Fool, and they have some different uh, advice. Uh, they sell um, like a mutual fund, I think, and I, wouldn't, I, I don't know anything about that, so I, I can't recommend that, but they have some good information about uh, different financial topics. Uh, there's a guy named Mr. Money Mustache, and uh, he's pretty crazy. He's uh, one of these super frugal people that um you know in any every possible way you can imagine he's he he goes overboard in in trying to save money and just so, eats beans his whole life <laughs> uh he eats things other than beans but yeah like cutting down way uh way cutting down his food costs and different techniques to save gas so driving in certain ways things like that and yeah i'd say he goes way overboard but he is really interesting to read and uh, I, would, I, would, I would go and uh, go check out some of his articles. He talks about trying to get your your uh, monthly expenses down to, like, I forget what he tries to do. Like, he tries to save 80% of his income or something crazy like that. Uh, so, but he, he's he's definitely an interesting read. And he has some, some interesting things to say about trying to be frugal. So, I'll put links to those in the show notes. And, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Whew. So hopefully that was useful to somebody. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did put a little bit of thought into that. And uh, mm -hmm. so let us know if if any of that seemed like useful advice to you. And uh, maybe you have some, some other tips that you can add, you can give to us or give to the other listeners. Uh, you can... Uh, email us. Melissa, why don't you give us the contact details? Yeah, our email address is tto at coser.us, or you can go to our website, tto.coser.us, and if you add a slash 42, that'll take you directly to the show notes for and comments for this episode. Mm -hmm. Our next episode is also going to be geared towards you college graduates. It's going to be top 10 kitchen essentials. Yeah. Brian was manning this episode. I will be <laughs> manning the next. And so it will be everything that I wish I had known about kind of starting off with mm. a kitchen. You walk in. Nice. 
you're just out of college. You are fending for yourself now. Mm-hmm. How do you start? Yeah, that'll be a good one. So tune in next time. I hope to be a good help to you guys. Until then, I'm Melissa Kozer. I'm Brian Kozer. And you've been listening to 10 to 1. So what's the worst financial advice you've ever been given? <laughs> hmm. The worst financial advice. Um, I don't know. I don't know that I've gotten advice from a bunch of different people. So I don't know that I could call any one thing out. I do think uh, what we were talking about, buying houses, that seems to be really prevalent. That uh, people will say buy a house as an investment. And I've felt I think that's a bad pretty idea. pressured uh, that we need to go ahead and buy a house because we're not, mm-hmm. you know, we're just wasting money renting. Right. But yeah. I. My mother-in-law I, recently said, "Yeah, don't don't fall for that." Yeah, I would. I would. It's uh, nice to hear. I'm not in a, any hurry to buy a house. I guess we'll have to figure out if we want to settle down anywhere <laughs> first. Are we the type about. to settle down? Ooh, that's a moved good point. all our lives. Good point, good point. Get that that wanderlust every so often, every few years.